You can hear him on your radio Thursday night football and on Saturdays for college football. The great Mike Golick joins us. Mike, how are you? Hello, Mike. I am doing very well, very well, though football season is almost over, man, so that's a bummer. Yeah, now between your playing and your broadcasting, I mean, certainly you see games differently than the average fan, but that being said, this postseason has been like none other. It, it Just phenomenal, huh? Oh, it's been incredible. God. I mean, to have all these games go down to, you know, the last score or the final play, I mean, that now we're really getting spoiled. So we're coming to the end and we're having great games. You hope, you hope the Super Bowl can live up to it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, there's a reason why it's the, the greatest sport in this country, and uh, it, it's shown you why the last couple of weekends. Are you, for years, you know, when you worked with, uh, you know, Greeny and then Wingo, you went out to the Super Bowl. Are you? Is this the first time you're not going to a Super Bowl in forever? No, I am going. Okay. I, I'm not only am I going, but I'm working it. So, I mean, I, I'm for Westwood One, I'm going to be working the sidelines. It's Kevin Harlan and, the, and uh, Kurt Warner in the booth, and I'm on the sidelines. So, this is, I've gone to the last 23, but I've always left before the game. I yeah. never wanted to stay for the game, and now I'm actually working the game. So, I mean, we never, we never, I can't remember, Torgy, we ever go to, did we ever go to Super Bowls to go Radio Row way back when? I don't think we No, did. I don't think we did. I know I saw you at a couple uh, Super Bowls right. after you left, but no, I don't think we ever did. We used to always do the same thing. we do the week leading up, and then we'd be home for the actual right. game, which was actually kind of a luxury if you think about oh, it. Oh, listen, yeah. watching the game from the couch with all the snacks and everything it was always nice, but now... Quite honestly, I'm very excited to work the game, but in all honesty, I'll be right on the sideline for that for the halftime show, which I'm pretty excited about too. When when you're in the the booth, Mike Golick, is it different for you calling game on television versus radio? I would assume it is, right? Oh, very much. So yeah. I mean, you know, in radio, you kind of got to paint the picture a little more. Like in radio, you don't use numbers because people will be like, "Well, I can't, don't see what number that is." Oh, that's true. You know, because it's radio on TV, you, you go by numbers a little more. So. It's more names, and you really have to be a little more descriptive with what's happening right to left on your dial, left to right on your dial. How was the pass thrown? Was it lobbed? Was it thrown hard on a line? How off was it? So, yeah, you have to you have to paint the picture a little bit more on radio. Have you, and it could be still, you know, a decision-making process for you, but is this going forward what you want to do, uh, calling games on radio, or could it be, hey, I like what I'm doing now, and we'll see what happens? Well, I mean, I, I've called them on radio before when I was at ESPN. I did mm -hmm. mostly TV, but when we got to the bowl games, it was radio. So I enjoy it. Um, I'll see. You know, I did a lot this year, more than I probably wanted to. So I'll kind of take stock when the season's over and see what I enjoy doing the most, what I missed out on, you know, the most. And mm -hmm. Because I'm you know, in, a, in a pretty nice position to kind of pick and choose what I want to do at this point. But I've always loved calling games. So I would imagine that's going to be part of my future, too. And Mike Golick, so the same Mike, you look at what the Rams have done, and they haven't had a first round pick in forever, and they haven't had, they won't have one till I think twenty twenty four. If you're a team in the NFL that's close, and I'll say you're, you know, you grew up in Cleveland, the Browns. If you're the Cleveland Browns right now, and and you look at it and you say, boy, we got a really good team, but our quarterback, we're not sure. I mean, if you're a team that's close, don't you go all in and just trade the draft picks and do what you can to get there because the Rams aren't complaining they haven't had a first round pick in a while. Well, the, the Rams, the Rams traded for their quarterback, and then obviously traded for others like Avon Miller. So I always ask this to, to to Cleveland fans: Who are you getting? Yeah, I mean, who who are you getting? I mean, it's so it's very easy to say you're a quarterback away, but who's the quarterback and how are you getting them? 
You know, because I thought I think they've done a pretty nice job building around the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, and they obviously took a step back this year. Baker was certainly hurt, and I know people say it was his non-throwing shoulder, but let me just say, it affects you. Even your non-throwing shoulder, it affects you when you throw the ball and play. Now, again, I don't know where we are with Baker, and that's probably the, 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 the tough part because it's been some good years and some bad years, and now you're going into your fifth year where you're going to pay him $18 million to see if you're going to use him or not. But that's what I always say. I say, okay, you don't want him. Okay, that's cool. Who are you getting? Who are you realistically getting? And if it's nobody better or it's a rookie, you really want a rookie with what you've built up there to have to kind of start all over with a rookie quarterback? I wouldn't want to do that. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, I have a feeling it's going to be one of three ways. They'll get somebody, and that'll be the person that they just start. I don't know who that would be. Baker, will it'll be his job again. Or they'll bring in a veteran, you know, who had been a starter who's now a backup maybe for competition. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it takes a lot of balls to make a trade like that. I mean, you think back to the uh, Goff-Stafford. Goff had him in the Super Bowl. He beat the Saints in the NFC Championship game in New Orleans. And then to get Stafford, it was all like the Colin Cowherds of the world. Well, nobody was sure about it, but now you listen, and they all act like, oh, we all knew Stafford. His first pass of the year, remember, first game, touchdown pass. First game, it's like it's like a Hollywood movie, the Stafford trade. Oh, listen, for Stafford, I thought it was a better trade for the Rams. I think Stafford's yeah. a better quarterback than golf. But there were times, listen, you didn't know which which quarterback was going to show up. Was it the 41 touchdown Stafford in the regular season or the 17 interception Stafford mm-hmm. where a number of those were pick sixes? You weren't sure what you were going to get, you know, against Arizona in the, in the first playoff game. You know, he only had to throw it 17 times in the second game where I was at covering the one against the Patriots. He had to throw the ball, what? He had to throw it 38 times. But he, but he was able to do it, you know, and, and so when he's been asked to do it in the postseason, he's gotten it done. Yeah, and it's a good story. I think everybody's yeah, it's a really cheering good for him. Story. But on the other side, Mike, and they're an hour 45 minutes away, and a lot of listeners have season tickets. I mean, this is a Cinderella story. If You know, I do a podcast with a couple former players, and we all thought, hey, if they win six games, then they could be over 500 the following year. Then they could make the playoffs. Holy, no one saw this coming. I mean, this Joe Burrow and the leadership and what they've done is pretty damn amazing. Well, I think they were uh, hoping that would, it would be a better team, but certainly going this far, I don't think was on a lot of people's radar. Uh, Joe Burrow's an excellent leader, and I think what one of the things that they have, and they've needed because of what I'll get into, is multiple weapons. You know, obviously mix it out of the backfield, and certainly what he and Jamar Chase had at LSU and then now. Mm-hmm. But Boyd and Higgins and Uzama, who now we heard it was an MCL sprain, so – could he be back for the Super Bowl? We'll have to wait and see. It's kind of weird. Both starting tight ends, he and Higby from the Rams, were both hurt in the championship games. We'll see if they're back. But he's had multiple weapons, and he's needed it because this stat blew me away. He is the first quarterback in the NFL to make the Super Bowl while being sacked the most in the regular season. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, were, there were three other quarterbacks, Alex Smith, Jay Cutler, and uh, Mark Brunell, who were sacked the most in the regular season and got their teams to the championship games, but never the Super Bowl. So he's gotten to the Super Bowl while getting the crap beat out of them. And now look what you get. You get Aaron Donald, you get Von Miller, you get Leonard Floyd against an old line that, listen, it's certainly not talking out of school to say they've struggled mightily. Sure. Protecting Burrow. So that's been amazing. But you know what they do? 
they find a way, and it's because they have multiple weapons like that that Joe a lot of times has a has an escape you know route to get it to a different receiver. Hey, Mike, you were on, you know, and if people don't remember, Mike played on an Eagles team where I'm going to try to remember here, everyone, this off the top of my head. Clyde Simmons, Jerome Brown, yourself, and Reggie White, was that your defensive line? Yeah, and Mike Pitts. Mike Pitts okay. as well. And when you look at that, when you're guys like that, you know you're going to get to the quarterback. I mean, are you guys just licking your chops when you're if you were in the Rams position? Oh, I mean, without question. And you also realize, you put the pressure on yourself that says, we need, if we're going to win, we need to be one of the main reasons you win. Because now what you do is you look at matchups. How does a secondary matchup against receivers on both sides, blah, blah, blah. We'll do it ad nauseum for the next week and a half. But there's no doubt when you say Bengals offensive line, Rams defensive line, it's not even a question. I mean, it's, 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 it's so – that could be the biggest – mismatch of comparables <laughs> on these two teams and both teams know it so so there's there's definitely Aaron Donald is going to put the pressure on he and his fellow D line mates to say we have we have a big advantage here we need to take advantage of it and be a big part of what we hope to be a win yeah you know, that uh, Burrow in uh, Tennessee that was a nightmare I think he learned from that to, to not take those sacks nine sacks I yeah mean, nine unheard of and won the game unheard I mean, of it's amazing. It's a lot of that because Tennessee has no, you know, Tennessee can't come back. They don't have a great passing game, but still, to get sacked that much and win is amazing. Well, buddy, we'll be. Uh, What's your prediction? What do you? What yeah, do you think? Give us a, a pick. I, I, I can't do it. I can't make. I'm working the game, so I. Oh, that's right. I can't give you a pick. You know, there's that would that would not go well to the people I'm working for for this game if I started making picks yeah. when I'm going to be on the sideline covering both teams. Okay, well, here's Good the call. thing. We're on the radio. Wiggle your ear if you like the Rams. <laughs> you know, like just like the last two weekends, man, I hope we can end the football season on a one-score, last-play-of-the-game victory for one of these teams. Let's, let's end it on a big note. Uh, thanks so much, Mike. Thank Appreciate you. it. You're the best. You got it, guys.